Hello and welcome to the Baggies Broadcast, episode 24. My name is Luke Hatfield. I'm joined by our West Brom correspondent here at the Express and Star, as always, Mr. Matt Wilson. Matt, how are you today? Good, thanks. Yeah, very good. Um, finally enjoying a positive performance and a positive, uh, well, I suppose a positive result at, at the weekend. First point since January, so uh, everything is looking rosy. That certainly is a good a good result, a good, nice, positive one. Um, how was your weekend otherwise? Working? Working, working or, yeah, working or? Saturday and Sunday. So. Dear me, no, no rest for you, is there? Um, I actually had a week weekend off, Matt. Now, you'll have known by my 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 uh, absence from the Hawthorns this weekend. I was actually doing the wolf run. Have you ever done one of those mud runs before? No. They're <laughs> not pleasant. Not pleasant at all, mate. What is it? I don't even know what it is. Really. Right, so it's 10 kilometres, right? So you're running 10 kilometres and it's... Imagine like you school cross country, but imagine like with the mud a little bit wetter and a little bit deeper, uh, and a lake in the middle of it. So you have to swim through. Honestly, I've never been so cold in all my life. Okay. It was a proper struggle. Were you doing it for charity, or just doing it for yourself? No, I was just doing it for myself. I was a bit selfish, really. Um, no, I, didn't, I didn't really fine. tell anyone. That's good. That's well done. Well done. Cheers, I mate. remember my cross country at school um, always used to be the muddiest thing. <laughs> In the well, yeah, very mud, very mud orientated, and you'd always get a, a little year eight who would sprint out at the very start, yeah. jump into the mud, um, and face first, mm. lie lie across the mud, so that everybody who would come after him would then trip over him, oh. and it would cause this domino effect, and you had about. 50, 60 kids just falling into the mud. It was brilliant. Such a dreadful idea for school, though. I mean, if you got a lesson an hour later, that is going to be an absolute No, no, struggle. no. It was always in the afternoon and you went home afterwards. Oh, right. Okay. Makes sense. So it was an incentive to, to run fast, you know. Yeah. If you it. finished in like, the top 10, you, you got to go home an hour early. So, yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, yeah, it was, it was good. But, um, yeah, it sounds like it wasn't as uh, as muddy as this, uh, this wolf. Oh, it was a struggle, mate. I mean, the clothes. I was washing them out. I had to wash them in the shower before I put them in the washing machine. I thought it was going to clog up my washing machine if I did if I did that. But we'll talk about Albion. We'll, we'll get around to it. Um, West Brom won, Swansea won. A good managerial debut for Mr. Darren Moore? Yes, I think on the balance it was. And I think there were more positives than negatives to take out of the game. Um, you know, Darren's been thrown into this situation, which is almost an impossible one. You know, Albion are definitely going down. Um, there's no real hope for survival. Uh, the team is really low on confidence and has mm-hmm. been for some time. They've only won three league games out of 42, I think it is, yeah. um, which is absolutely horrendous. It's dreadful when you look at it, isn't it? Um, and yeah, you know, there was. I'm sure we'll get onto the get onto the details shortly, but there were some not worrying signs, but but signs that I I. Concern me for the rest of the season, um, but actually, um, his back to basics approach in this game by going four four two and 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 giving everybody a job that they really know they're really familiar with, they really know what they're doing, playing people in in the positions that they know how to play. Mm. Um, I suppose the only person who wasn't in in that position that they would traditionally call their own was Chris Brunt, but he's so experienced, he's played central midfield so many times that he knows what to do there, and he was given that sort of quarterback role. Mm-hmm. And I think they certainly controlled the game and they certainly looked uh, more solid uh, defensively, only restricted Swansea to one effort on target, which is what they uh, they scored from. Um, and yeah, I would say on the whole, there was more fight and more desire. Now, that being said, the only way, up, the only way from 
recent weeks is up yeah. to be honest and it's been really poor so um, and you know the fight and desire is the least you, you would expect from professional footballers but at least it was there um, and you know it's worth rem- rem- remembering that Darren Moore is very inexperienced as a senior coach he's only been a first team coach for a few months um, so I think this was the best he could have done really they nearly won the game mm-hmm. um, they would have won the game were, were it not for a couple of mistakes from, from Brunt and Livermore Um so yeah, I think on the whole, a positive. I thought Darren after the game said summed it up perfectly by saying, "Look, we've stopped the rot. Let's enjoy this for a minute, and use it as a platform to build something more positive." My own personal opinion is that that's going to be really difficult now because yeah. we've got some really tough games coming up, but also because that four four two formation, whilst it was um, the right call for this game, because it. It went back to basics and it stopped the rot. Against the likes of Liverpool and Spurs and Man United and, and pretty much the majority of, of Premier League sides, yeah. it will be exposed because everybody knows how to play against that, that formation. Yeah. Um, and it will be difficult for Albion to win one of these remaining five games because Swansea was really their best chance. You know, mm. They've got... They, their home games are only against uh, Liverpool and Spurs. Yeah. And then they... Have got trips to Old Trafford, and then they've got to go to St James's Park to play Newcastle. Who okay, they might be safe by then, yeah. so they might get a chance there. Uh, but they're playing really well at the moment, uh, and Crystal Palace are fighting for their lives. So I don't. That was probably their best chance of winning the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and as 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 pessimistic as it sounds, after you know a dr- what was a handy draw, and and in the circumstances, you know. I, I, I actually can't see them winning another game this season. Yeah, it's it's hard to picture, isn't it? Especially with the fixtures. Was there more pride in in this display? I mean, I suppose that was probably at the forefront of Darren's thinking. Let's just give the fans something to cheer about. Yeah, I think there was a bit more pride. There was a bit a bit more battle, a bit more fight um, from everybody, really. Um, but more to the point, I thought they they pressed quite sensibly. They weren't herring around. They were they were pressing as a team, and they did it quite well in the first half. Um, there, the the only problem is that I've got with it is that Swansea were absolutely dreadful, mm. and I don't think we should ignore that. That was one of the worst performances I've seen at the Hawthorns this year by an opposing team, and there's been some really bad ones actually. Yeah. Um, for some reason, they seemed intent to to sit back with this five four one formation, which was so negative and so defensive um, that actually, I think if they'd have, if they'd have been a bit more positive and a bit more ambitious, they they probably would have turned Albion over. Yeah. Um, but Albion, when faced with ten men behind the ball, had no idea what to do. Mm-hmm. They 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 lacked any creativity. The only person who was capable of probably picking a pass was Chris Brunt. And he was trying to like lift little balls over the top for the runners or, or, or slide people in. Uh, one stage he had, a, he had a crack himself from long range and tested Fabianski. But nobody else really was able to get him behind. Um, Rodriguez played quite well, I thought. He was yeah. my man of the match. Got his goal as well. He got his goal. I'm sure we'll come on to him in a minute. Um, but the likes of McLean and Phillips and, uh, and Livermore just don't create enough. And mm. I think the midfield's... Um, deficiencies were laid bare against a team who were willing to let them have the ball. Okay, we need to remember that Chadley and Morrison have both both been injured and have been injured for a large portions of this season, and and, and their their absence is, is is partly one of the reasons why Albion find themselves in this position. But 
I think Pulis left the team with with so little creativity going forward mm-hmm. um, that actually this this team is is too bottom heavy and it can't it can't break other sides down. They've forgotten how to create chances. They've forgotten how to uh, how to score goals. And Rodriguez and Rondon get a lot of stick for um, their goal tallies. Um, but Rodriguez has got ten now this season. Rondon yeah. has got nine. Okay albeit in all competitions and they haven't got many in the league but it's not exactly like they're they're being given loads of chances Rodriguez particularly I don't I don't really recall him missing loads I mean he went through a spell where he, maybe towards the end of last year where he he missed a few good chances yeah um but once he got up up and running sort of in January time he he looked a lot more more threatening, and I think when the, when no midfielder has scored more than one one goal in the league this season, and when you compare that to last season when I think Morrison and Phillips each got four or five, yeah, um, there were goals coming from the back as well. Yeah, Brunt chipped in with a few, and McCauley got seven, and you know I think Dawson and Evans have got, have got two maybe this season, but no one's no one else apart from the two strikers has got more than two goals, yeah. and that is that has been a big problem. And you know yes, the strikers and deserve some criticism for not finishing off all their chances and, and yes both of them have been guilty of wasting and spurning opportunities but you know there's a lot of there's a lot of um, it's a team game and I think the people behind them could have helped a lot more not only scoring goals but also creating them yeah because Rondon especially I feel relies on good service to score goals doesn't he I mean when you look at the his hat-trick of headers you know he's not creating them chances himself he's getting into the positions and he's He's relying on that service. J-Rod can create himself, but then you can't rely on him to just do it all. So it's, I suppose that's a bit of a struggle, isn't it? Rondon, I mean, I mean, I've been critical of Rondon on here quite a lot about how, how he works hard, but he, he, he is no finisher. And I don't think he is a very good finisher. I still I still don't believe that. Mm. But he, that being said, he improved under Pardew. He was one of the few shining um, lights under Pardew, one of the few positives to come out of that rain. And he's, I think he's got five in his last 13 games, mm-hmm. which, okay, is not setting the world alight, but it's better. Yeah, It's better than it was. And with just a few people behind him chipping in, it could have, it, you know, it, it could have helped. And I, I just think that this team um, struggles, struggles to create. Doesn't ha- really have that, that, that little um, bit of in- inventiveness in the final third, you know, the little ball through, the little slip through that mm. we put someone in behind. They, they're very, they bang on the door rather than um, you know go, go through you know go through the sideways or, or they're very um, functional um, and they're not very, they're not very cute, yeah. you know. And I think that I think that's a big problem. Just lacking that little bit of cutting edge. I mean, and it's the same old story, wasn't it? I mean. Another set of points dropped from a winning position, which you know is has been the story of Albion's season this year, hasn't it? Yeah, and it was dreadful goal to concede. I mean, first of all, Brunt, who who was playing really well um, in that quarterback role, and I think we probably saw a glimpse of what might be in store for us next season by Brunt playing playing that role. That's it, because Evans and Kukoviak aren't going to be here next season, are they? No, they're not going to be here, and and those two have been battling with each other, their own personal battle all season to try and play that quarterback role and to dictate play. And actually, that's been one of the one of the flipping one of the most infuriating things for me is mm. is, is surely uh, by this stage of the season you know who is who who who's having that role, but yeah. those two seemed. 
I don't know if they were too you know egotistical to or, to work it out or, or or too stubborn or whatever, but they they didn't they they never really sorted that out between each other. But when neither of them were playing on Saturday, it was left to Brunt. And okay, he may have hit a couple of passes out of play, but in the whole, he was playing really well. I thought, mm. um, you know, he reads the game quite well, does does Chris? And I and I, th- I thought he was playing quite well then, but that mistake to give away the corner was needless. You know, he just yeah. at that stage, you just got to kick it out and um, just hook it into touch, and that's what he should have done. And yeah. then once you concede that corner, uh, when you're on a run of what Albion are on, you know, that was the first conceded they, they, corner they had conceded all game. Um, and Abraham, I, I don't know. It was always destined to go in. Maybe yeah. um, Livermore should have done better. Um, but that being said, you know it was lucky. It came off his shoulder, uh, deflected past Foster and into the goal. So just another one of those situations where Albion are unable to hold on to the lead. And and I wrote about it in in, in tomorrow's paper. It's it's a self perpetuating cycle. This because you lose, you start losing leads late on, and you. Then that therefore you lose confidence, and that means you're more likely to lose leads later on. Yeah. So it's just going to keep going and snowballing until the end of the season. And I, it's been really, really, really um, horrible to watch. But actually, that's been the situation. You know, it's 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 just confidence that has been that has been um, seeped out of them by these by all these late late equalizers and, and late goals that they've conceded and. It just means that it's more likely to happen next time, and that's what we've seen. Twenty-six points they've lost from losing from winning positions now. If they'd have picked up or kept hold of half of those points, they'd be fourteenth. Yeah, I mean it. It beggars belief. They they haven't really been slaughtered many times. You know, maybe towards the end of Pulis's reign, and arguably by Leicester yeah. towards the end of Pardew's reign. But in the most part, they've been in a lot of these games. And they've been in front in a lot of these games. They've just lacked that um, mental edge when it comes to the crunch and uh, it's cost them yeah I mean how do you go about I mean I'm, I'm asking you but obviously you know how does a football manager or Darren or someone you know go about shaking this lack of confidence out of the player out of the players is it a fact of when they go down trying to ship some of the players out who wear this losing mentality almost like it's talked about with so many teams this losing mentality when they go down is that how you get rid of it? Or well, is... I, th- I think I think Darren's actually done the right thing since he's come in. He's been very positive, and he's spoken quite highly of the players. Mm. And it's almost raised a few eyebrows because these players have underperformed. Yeah. And but he's saying no, no, that they've they've given their all and they're, they're a good bunch with good personalities. And it has made it has almost felt to the fans like, oh, hang about, well, are you not going to change anything? You know, obviously, obviously things are going wrong. But in fairness to Moore. This is the only group of plays he's got to work with. Mm-hmm. So the only way that he can get them playing for them is by bigging them up yeah. and being positive. You know, we've seen how um, being positive and and um, you know praising somebody how much that has helped Rondon. Pardew mm-hmm. was very very um, full of praise for Rondon. You know, he, he described him as one of the best, well, the best target man he's ever played with or he's ever managed. And Rondon obviously fed on that. And I think. After a season of being kicked over and over again, and rightly so, by the way, yeah. uh, by fans and, and and you know journalists as well, um, these players actually need somebody to go in there and and, and and big them up for the last five games of the season, rightly or wrongly, uh, and you know wrongly is is the answer. Mm. But 
what he's doing is he's getting them to play for him and he's instilling that um, togetherness and that team spirit. And so that that's the right that is the right um, tactic for this squad at this very moment. Even though it may stick in the craw of a few supporters who who want to see blood, you know, and, and want to see somebody taking them to task. That is not Moore's job. That is the job of the new man in the summer. Um, and whoever Albin do appoint will have to be strong of character and strong willed yeah. to remove all the um as you say, the the players who, who who are part of this losing mentality and who are not, are are unable to to win in an Albion shirt because uh, mentally or whether mentally or, or talent wise that they just can't get it done. Um you know, I'm sure we'll come on to because I know some of the questions we've got from the readers will be has been about who goes and who stays in the summer. And obviously we've got that news that Ben Foster has pledged his future to the Albion yeah. uh, for next season. So that's good news. Um, I'm sure we'll come on to that in a minute. But yeah. I think that is not Moore's task at the moment. That is the, the task of the new man. Mm. I mean, and another, another goal from Joe Rod, as he said, 10 now, uh, double figures for the season. Um, it's quite important to sort out his future, isn't it? Because, I mean, imagine, I imagine a lot of fans will still be thinking, is this guy going to be around next season? Because he's, there's clearly talent there. He's had, a, he's had a tough time this season. But... Also, he's a player who you think you'd tip to do well in the championship. Yeah, I think he'd been mismanaged. I think if he was um, kept up front, played in, in one position over and over again, he would have five more goals and that would be 15 for the season and that would be a handy return. Mm-hmm. That would be a good return, actually. Um, I think his versatility, whilst it is a tool, has also actually led detrimentally to Albion's demise in the sense that managers, because we've had four managers, remember, this season, yeah. have um, have seen Rodriguez as as somebody they can shuttle around. And then he's played right wing, left wing, secondary striker, number 10, out and out striker, number nine. You know, it, he's played at every single role, really. Under Pulis, there were times where he was a right winger and he was... So far away from the from Rondon, and basically, so far basically a wing back. Though. So far, yeah, so far away from the final third where he can do damage, um, and that that was not using his strengths, in my opinion. Mm. Um, I don't think he should have been there, and I think we've seen in 2018 that when you play him up front, he can do damage. Okay, like every strike, he's going to miss chances, and he has yeah. missed chances. Of course, he has, but. He is a very tidy player who keeps possession well and works hard. And I think that um, he's been mismanaged. And I think, you know, un- Pardew always preferred Rondon to yeah. Rodriguez. Now, Rondon played well, and we shouldn't forget that. Um, but it's been it, it's been one of those... Um, it's been um, something that has not been solved all season, really, how, how to get the best out of, uh, out of Joe Rodriguez. And um, it's a shame. I personally would love to see him stay because mm-hmm. I think he he would do really well in the championship. I think he's got the right character. Um, you know, he'd give you everything for every game. He would, you know, he'd be he'd be up for playing three games a week as you sometimes need to do in the championship. Yeah, and he would. Um, I think he would get you a lot of goals as well. Um, whether he stays or not remains to be seen because I think there probably will be interest in him in the summer from from other Premier League clubs. You reckon they face a, a quite a task keeping keeping hold of him? I think they might do, yeah. Because Rodriguez, you've got to remember, although he's a he's a stand-up bloke and a lovely character, this has been a hard season for him for a number of reasons. And he might just think, oh my goodness, I'm going to leave. I, I need to. I need a fresh start somewhere else. Because, you know, he, he's come here and 
he's been dropped, he's been mismanaged, he's not been able to get a run running the team as, as a number nine. He's got this horrible um, accusations of, of racism hanging over him, him, and even though the club have stood by him in, in that, you know, he might just think, actually, I, I need a fresh start somewhere else. Mm. Um, and obviously, the lure of the Premier League and everything that comes with it um, would also have a sway. I'd love him to stay, um, but we remain to be seen whether he does. Yeah, you can see him fitting in well at somewhere like a, a Burnley or a Bournemouth, can you know, you know where? I mean, he's got links with Eddie Howe, and he's you know obviously you know Burnley links as well. So he's got links with Burnley. Yeah, I mean, obviously he's Burnley boy, um, but whether they would go for him, I don't know. They've got quite a strong strike force as it stands, actually. Mm. Uh, team update as well. Johnny Evans missed the game. Um, what's his situation? Well, he's injured. He picked up a knock in in training, um, and after the game, Darren was was asked about him as he, as you'd expect, and he said that he was desperate to play, but um, we couldn't take a chance, couldn't mm. take a risk on him. Um, you know, I'm sure there are plenty of people getting the uh, stroking their chin and getting the uh, conspiracy theories out um, that. Um, Darren has, has dropped him in his first game, but we asked him on Friday, um, "Have you got any plans to change the captaincy?" And his immediate re- response was, "Why would I change the captaincy?" Yeah. So I don't believe he has dropped him. I believe he is injured, and um, you know Johnny's got a history of of, of niggling injuries. So um, you know they did come at a quite a um, you know, coincidental time, I yeah. suppose, towards the end of uh, the last two windows. But um, I think this one is probably legitimate because there's 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 arguably no reason no reason why why he shouldn't be injured. Yeah, um, and a couple of the players we mentioned uh, last week: uh, Daniel Sturridge, Chadley, and Kukoviak. Um Chadley, he's back in full training, isn't he? Was uh, it just, just a matter of fitness? Chadley's back in full training. He should be available this weekend. I mean, Darren gave us the impression he was going to be available. Uh, for the Swansea game, but then it, it just seems like it came too soon for him. Yeah, um, Sturridge as well could be available this weekend. Um, Kukoviak came on at the weekend, mm-hmm. so he's he's fit. Could he work his way back into the starting lineup? Do you think? Or? Um, I don't think so, purely because I think Darren will probably want to play players that are more likely to be here next season. Yeah, and um, you know you've got to remember he was part of that coaching team under Alan Pardew. So even though Kukoviak. Um, all is sort of forgiven. Um, he was still part of the setup that that, that Krakowiak um, lashed out against um, mm. on the touchline. So, you know, it's it's a difficult thing for for Darren to to um, navigate. But um, you know, I, I imagine he'll probably stay on the bench for now. Yeah, and obviously Darren Moore had a very busy weekend himself. Um, and fair play to him for this because took the time for a charity game on Sunday, didn't he? And it's a big weekend for him. First first game in, as in full charge of West Brom but um, it really does show that kind of aspect to him where you know he's such a nice guy isn't he yeah I think it shows his character you know he's a salt of the earth chap um, cares a lot about his community cares a lot about his club and he was willing to go the extra mile for for people who are less fortunate than him he always Mm -hmm. has been Um, and I think the fact that him and Neil Cutler goalkeeping coach you know, 24 hours after you saw them on the sidelines of the Hawthorns, um, almost, almost getting a victory for the Albion, um, that they were involved in this charity match just just tells you what sort of characters they are and, you know, it should be applauded. And, yeah, I, I hope that people don't forget what sort of 
man uh, Darren Moore is in these in these last few games, and I don't think they will. To be honest, I mean, he got a great reception from the fans on Saturday, and um, it was nice to see. Yeah, do you reckon this is the kind of spirit which has almost been missing at the Hawthorns? I mean, I know when Pardew came in, he he, he did a little bit to try and endear himself to, to to fans and doing stuff like that. But do you think that spirit which which Moore's really showed by doing that on his first weekend in charge is what's been missing? Or I don't know if it's been missing because I think um, I think Pardew to to a certain extent said the right things and 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 gave all the right platitudes as well to the fans. And, and let's not forget that. You know, around January time, Pardew was flavour of the month, and people were were coming around to him and, and thinking, yeah, okay, we could we could see we can see something uh, changing here. Mm. Um, obviously, it all went um, tits up pretty dramatically. Yeah, but um, you know, I don't know if it's difficult to say um, whether that you know Moore's message of family and unity was the right one and it struck the right chord, um, but ultimately. Um, it comes down to winning games, you know. Mm-hmm. He will be given the benefit of the doubt by the Albion fans because they appreciate he stepped up to the mark in a, in a poor situation. Um, he's not he's not experienced. He's not he's a caretaker manager. He's not an actual manager. So they will give him the benefit of the doubt. But it, you know, when when the when the actual manager is employed, um, it's all about results, and it, and it always has been, mm-hmm. um, you know. And I suppose arguably performances as well. If you go back to Pulis's time, but. Yeah, it's always been about results, and if you're winning, the fans love you, and if you're losing, they don't. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, you touched on it earlier, Ben Foster committing to the Albion. How big is this uh, for the club? Because let's be honest, if you drop down to the Championship, he's probably going to be one of the best keepers in the division. It's great for the club, and I'm really pleased he's come out and said it. Um, not because it makes my life easier, but <laughs> <laughs> it, it it is good news, you know. Foster has not been at his very best this season. Mm. Um, there have been some games where he's been at fault for goals. But he's also pulled off some fantastic saves. And it's worth remembering that he set he has set a bar very high for himself over the last few years. You know, he's been double player of the year three times uh, in the last six seasons. And that just goes to show that actually... Uh, since he's been here, he's probably been the most consistent performer. Yeah. Um, okay, time catches up with all men, but he's 35. He's not 40. Uh, he's probably still got a few years left in the tank. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's great news, personally. Um, and I think having someone of his experience at, in the sticks will help next season. Mm-hmm. And also his, his ability as well, because he is still a good keeper. Um it's also one less problem for Albion to sort out in the summer. Yeah, because there's, so, there's going to be a few issues they're going to have to rectify and they're going to have to deal with, and that's something that they can sort out. Um, I think he would benefit from having a young second um, reserve keeper pushing him. Um, I think Boaz Myhill, um, although he bless him, he was brilliant when Foster was injured. Yeah, and that shouldn't be forgotten. I think he's struggled to maintain those levels whilst being on the sidelines in in recent months and years. I think perhaps it might be time. I think Myhill's contract is up at the end of the summer. And if Albin can find a young, hungry second choice to uh, to push him, um, to push Foster, I think they should go for that and maybe say thank you to Myhill. That being said, you know, know, there is a lot to be said for experience. And um, you never know if Foster... Picks up an injury, uh, you know. Would you want to throw in a, a young, a young keeper to a to a busy campaign? 
I don't know, but that, that that's the way I personally feel about it. Mm. Um, I on, on the face of it, I think Foster's decision to stay is brilliant, and yeah, um, yeah just one less problem. It's massive because it's such a vital position as well. I mean, in goal, and you said the young keeper. I mean, is Alex Palmer ready to step up? I know, I know, I know he's he's a young one coming through. You know, from from uh, the youngs the youngster setup, so to speak. Is he is he going to be ready to push him? Do you reckon? Or I mean. It's a tough one, isn't it? Because he's so young, you haven't really had a chance to see him at a top level. Well, unfortunately for keepers, you don't really know until they're thrown in. You know, look at yeah. Nick, look at Nick Pope at Burnley. Like you do, you you don't really know until the, until they're tried. Mm. Um, I know. I spoke to Neil Cutler when he when he arrived from Warsaw um, in January, and he said that Alex Palmer can be in a first team keeper. He just needs to be a bit more hungry and a bit more. Um, want it a bit more, but he's got the talent and he's and he's got the uh, the wherewithal. So um, I'm sure Alex is now um, realizing the situation that they're in, dropping down to the championship, more games, maybe more chances to play. Yeah. Boaz and Ben aren't getting any any younger, and this is really a chance for him to stake a claim, I suppose, as that number two. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see how he how he fares over the next few weeks and months. I think this is a big. It'll be a big pre-season for him because I'm sure he'll get a chance. Yeah. Um, but but whether I'd be happy with him um, going as number one, I'm not sure. But I haven't seen enough of him really to comment. And you know, with all due respect to the under-23s league, it, so it's a different. It's level. completely different to uh, championship and senior level. So you would you'd have to see how he fares. You know, it might be worth trying him in pre-season, maybe trying him in. Uh, League Cup match or something. Yeah. Um, see how he gets on, but um, yeah, uh, without without seeing him in that in that level in that environment, I can't comment. But yeah. um, it would be nice to have uh, you know an academy kid come through because I think that would help um, uh, you know restore some faith in the club with the fan base as well because they you know you always like to see one of your own come through and and obviously Sam Field's a big favourite and, and yeah. people have got high hopes for the likes of John Lecker and Raheem Harper. So who are both on the bench on Saturday? So you know if if Palmer can can come through, that'd be great. Um, but similarly, if Albin go out and get a twenty four year old, twenty three year old, hungry keeper to push Ben, yeah. I don't think that would be bad either. Yeah, uh, do you reckon Ben Foster would be the best goalkeeper in the championship? It's hard to say. The likes of Stoke and Southampton look like they could be. You know, heading down as well, but you, th- you Stoke think goes, if Stoke Butland's going to go, is Stoke he? goes down, Butland will go to Liverpool, yeah. I imagine. Um, um, Southampton, Fraser Forster. Forster's not as good as Ben Foster, so um, there are some good t- there are some good goalkeepers in the Championship. Though. Yeah. Like Johnston's Ang- done well. Um, Johnston down the road at Villa, but Angus like, Gunn at Norwich. Yeah, Gunn obviously very promising. There's a few good goalkeepers in that level, so it would be difficult to say. I mean, we'll only find out. We'll, we'll only get a gauge on that really six months into the next season. Yeah, and obviously Ben Foster quoted in that saying there are quite a few others who would love to stay. Do you have any idea who he might be referring to? Well, I think he probably means some of the some of the um, more experienced older heads who 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 bleed Albion. You know, the likes of McCauley, Jacob, uh, Brunt, who we expect to stay. Um, you know. Potentially Morrison, depending mm-hmm. on his injury, but I'd be, it'd be interesting to see what happens there. Um, the rest of them is, is it's unknown really because it's hard to it's, it will be it will be hard for the likes of Craig Dawson, James McLean, Jay Rodriguez, Jake Livermore. But it would be hard for those players to ignore 
uh, a Premier League club if they came calling. Yeah, it would be hard, um, especially because they they've all got fifty percent flex down in their wages. Um, so if a Premier League came and offered them what they're on now, you know, it it would be hard to ignore for for a number of reasons. So. Um, be interesting to see who stays and who goes. Yeah. Questions now. Uh, we've had plenty of questions come in. As always, send them in whenever you get a chance, and we'll endeavour to answer them for you. Uh, first one from Conrad uh, on Twitter. He asks, "Is Hammond's position at the club guaranteed for next season? He's got to shoulder part of the blame." At the moment, I believe he is not in danger of losing his job, um, purely because if you sack Nicky Hammond, then you're leaving yourself without with so much work to do. We've yeah. already got to employ a head coach. We've already got to employ a chairman. And then if you sack Hammond, you're then looking for a technical director. Mm-hmm. That being said, if the next appointment goes wrong, head coach-wise, Hammond is surely under under fire and under pressure. Because, well, I think he's under pressure now anyway because of you know his role in appointing Pardew. Yeah. Um, it's a big summer for Nick Hammond. Um, you know he needs to get this right, and he needs to. He's going to have a role to play, not only uh, recruitment-wise, but also um, searching for a new boss. So it's a big summer for him. Um, but at the moment, I don't think he's under threat purely because you're leaving yourself so bare, yeah, and um, too bare, really. If you do that, yeah, not always great preparation for a, a season in the championship, is it? Chris Eagles uh, asks, is there any truth in the links of Chris Brunt going to Borough? To Middlesbrough? I mean, I've not heard that. Um, I expect Chris Brunt to be an Albion player next season. Mm. Uh, he's triggered his extra twelve months. Would he really want to go and reunite with? Seems Pulis? a sideways, a side, very sideways step, doesn't it? And well, unless if, Borough somehow well, if promotion, Borough go up, it wouldn't be. Um, I'm. I think Brunt will. I think Brunt will be in next season, but mm. I think a lot rests on who who comes in as head coach. You know, if somebody comes in as head coach who who gets on with Chris and and and, and tells him, oh, you know, you're part of my future plans, then he'll stay. But if they say come in and say, look, Chris, I don't, you're not part of my future plans, he mm. might go. Will he reunite with Pulis? I personally can't see that. Um, you know, this is a man who played him out of position at left back for. Yeah season upon season so I, I don't know where that's come from I've not heard of it so um, I, I would be surprised though. Yeah. Do you reckon there are any fears of any players you know, possibly reuniting with Pulis or um, I mean arguably maybe someone like Jake Livermore might yeah. um, there might be one or two um, but it depends where Borough are doesn't yeah, it? Yeah that's it uh, Matt, Har- Matt Harry sorry Asks, uh, looking at the current odds at next year's managers, who is the best candidate? Well, I think I wrote on Saturday. I I, I, I put my um, weight behind Dean Smith. Yeah. And I like him um, for a number of reasons. You know, I think if we're going to have somebody who's going to spearhead this summer reboot and, and, and get the fans back on side and get the, the togetherness in the club again, he would be a good man to do it. And I think he's got championship experience. Um relative success at that level with Brentford compared to Michael Appleton and Derek McInnes who have both failed at that level mm-hmm. um, you know a lot depends on what happens in the rest of the season you know if Derby or, or Fulham don't go up can you entice someone like Gary Rower or 
Bukanovic away. Yeah. Um, I don't know whether they would come, um, but it's worth asking the question because those two are very good managers. Mm. Um, and, you know, ultimately, it's about getting the best manager rather than someone who has an affiliation with the club. That being said, if Jenkins does want someone with an affiliation to the, to the area um, to sort of rejuvenate things, I think Smith is the best candidate because... Uh, of his experience uh, in the Premier League uh, not in the Premier League sorry in the Championship and um, the only blot in his copybook I suppose is that he has not ever won promotion mm. you know, he came close with Warsaw but he didn't do yeah. it and that would be one reason why you might steer towards Nigel Pearson who's taken Leicester out of the uh, out of the Championship but for me Pearson's been you know out of the English game for a couple of years and he's been Belgian second tier and you know he, he, he left his last two clubs in controversial st- circumstances so I just think Steve, you want to you want to get a manager on on, on an upward curve, yeah. on on an upward trajectory, and I feel like Smith is sort of doing that, um, albeit slowly. But I feel like he is. I feel like he is doing that. So um, he would be my my personal choice. That being said, I wouldn't be adverse to the to a McInnes or an Appleton or, or someone like that. Um, and, I, and I definitely wouldn't be adverse to them interviewing people like Rauer, Jukanovic, and, mm. and, and any other names in the Championship who who, who have done well. Yeah. Uh, Mike Campbell, what harm is there in throwing the likes of Burke, Lecco, Harper and even Gabir on the pitch from the start or during a game with 30 minutes or so left? Uh, it seems to be a constant reluctance in recent years in giving us fans any excitement in team selection and tactics. Well, I think the reluctance would be, um, is it worth denting um, someone, you know, young players' confidence Um in these last few games because you're probably going to lose mm-hmm. um, and have they proved in, in training that in training that they deserve a chance over the likes of you know um, McLean and, and and others who who have worked hard this season now I tend to agree with the, with him I yeah. think I think he, it's time to play Burke it's time to play Field I'd love to see Raheem Harper get a go because he he looks like a very talented young boy. Yeah. Um, John Lecco, I'm not so sure because, um, you know, his, his loan at Bristol City didn't really go too well, and, and there's been some other off-field uh, shenanigans from him. So, but certainly, I think it's time to now build for next season and, and, and give these guys a go because we're going down anyway. I mean, it might be a case that when when relegation is confirmed in the next fortnight, after that they'll do it. Mm-hmm. Um, is there's also you know is it is it fair to to say you say you put Raheem Harper in central midfield against Man United or Liverpool and he has a he gets overrun and then you have to drag him off after thirty minutes yeah that's not that's not great is it no um, so you you know we don't see these players in training we have to go by what uh, you know the coaches see but I but I do agree to a certain extent that the likes of Burke and Field certainly. Um, should be played yeah Matt um, asks which players do you want to see leave the club I don't know whether want is the right word but which players do you see leaving the club or if if you do have an answer for that which players would you want to see leave the club want to see the cl- leave the club I mean, that's a bit it's, it's a tough one isn't it that one is a bit worded slightly harshly I guess cause, you, know, you have to maintain a professional relationship as well <laughs> which players do I think will leave the club yeah. um, I imagine Gareth Barry will go I imagine Johnny Evans will go um, I wouldn't be surprised if Craig Dawson left. I think he'll have some interest. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
James McLean as well, perhaps. Mm. Jake Livermore might might leave as well. Um, and uh, as we've already spoken about Rodriguez, he could go. Yeah. Um, but it might not be the mass exodus that everyone's predicting. You know, it might just be three or four rather than six or seven. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. Uh, and Sarah, this is the last one we'll be able to get around to just because we've been a little bit pushed for time here. Um, do you think some criticism aimed at Rondon this season has been harsh, especially considering his recent improved performances? That's from Sarah on Twitter. Yeah, I do. I mean, we've already spoken a bit that bit about this. I think Rondon improved on Depardieu, and I think actually on the balance of things, I'd be happy to keep him for next season. Mm-hmm. Um, it would be a big season for him, though, because you know he would be expected to get more goals in the championship. And yeah. if he if he still st- if he still only scored ten goals, you you might look to move him on after that. But yeah. um, if he if he could step up and get maybe fifteen to twenty in the championship. You know, you'd be pleased with that return. I think you know, maybe one every two games. Um, I, I, I would personally not be okay with him with him with him staying. So, um, but and I, and I would agree with Sarah. I think some of the stick he received maybe at the start of the season was quite warranted because he's an infuriating player who tries very hard but does not have. Um, you know the finishing touch. Now mm. there have been other players that haven't tried this season. So actually, you'd rather be um, working harder and, and lacking quality than um, lacking fight and, and you know having quality. I mean, as a personally as a fan, that's how I see it. I'd rather yeah. I'd rather have someone who's you know maybe deficient in a couple of areas, but at least they give it their all. Mm. Um, so yeah, I would I would say um, yes, he has been slightly. Um, bit too critical uh, especially in recent weeks he's been he's been consistently one of the best performers in the, in the last sort of six weeks yep so West Brom take on United away this Sunday could uh, could results work against Albion here and could they get relegated at Old Trafford it looks like that's they could I think it's unlikely though I think they've got to lose and Crystal Palace Swansea Huddersfield and West Ham all have to win uh, quite an accumulator by the way You're, yeah. you are coming away with a Bank, bank's worth if you uh, put, put the bet on that yeah I, st- I can't see it happening because those teams are not very good so mm. um, it could happen but I don't think it will um, I think it'll probably be confirmed in the home game against Liverpool the mm-hmm. week after uh, obviously United beat City in the derby over the, over the weekend do you reckon they could maybe have a little bit of a hangover from that I mean it's got to the point now where you know they're not playing for a massive amount um, I don't think it matters really I think Albion will not be strong enough for them. Um, mm. and I think even Man United at seventy percent at Old Trafford, particularly yeah. where they're quite good, um, will be enough to beat to beat this this team who, as I've said before, have won three in the last forty two <laughs> in the league. So I, I can't see it myself. I think it's probably going to be a comfortable two or three nil win for the for um, United. I'd love them to prove me wrong. I would love it. You know, it'd be great um, and be fantastic for Moro as well. But um, I th- that's what I think can happen. Yeah, it's a, you, you touched on it earlier. It's a tricky one, isn't it? Because you don't want to throw in too many youngsters at risk, you know, them getting a dent to their confidence. But was, is there any team changes you'd make? I don't think. I mean, as I've said, I would love to see Burke and Field play, and, and if Field's fit, I'd love to see him play. But. Um, um, you know, after what happened last weekend, I, I imagine Darren will probably keep the team he's got because it did control the game against Swansea. Now, as I've said earlier, 
there were there were almost I can you can almost see the reasons why that is a false dawn. I mean, it wasn't even yeah. a dawn, was it? It was a it was a barely a, a glimmer of light. It was a draw against a very poor team. Yeah. But you can already see reasons why that actually that might not be they might not be able to build on that um, just tactically and confidence and, and, and ability wise. But um, we shall see. Look, they might prove me wrong, and I'd love them to because it's been a disappointing season, and you know. Anfield was fantastic for the fans, and if we can have another day out like that yeah. at Old Trafford, it'd be brilliant. But um, unfortunately, I just cannot see it. You got a prediction for me? 3 0. 3 1. 3 1 to United, I think. Maybe Rodriguez will get another goal. Yeah. Something like that. I'd have to agree with you there. I've got I've got two 0 Manchester United this one. I just I just don't think there'll be a, it'll be a drubbing, but I think it'll be a comfortable. Yeah, I mean, you, you talk about Man United having a hangover. I mean, it's seven days later, and they'll be riding high on confidence after beating the best team in the league. So, no, I can't see it. Well, there you have it. At least you get a day out in Manchester, right? Well, I'll just be going to the game and then somehow trying to file loads and loads of copy for uh, the deadline. Thank you, Sky, for moving. This Sunday game too is it four o'clock on Sunday? I think it is. And then yeah, we've got two four o'clock kickoffs on Sunday in back back to back, which in some ways is good because I get a rare Saturday off, but in some ways it's awful because you've got then got to do all you. I've got to do all my inside double page spread in the space of a couple of hours, and yeah, it's tough. <laughs> I'm banking on you doing it, or I'm doing just fine, mate. I'm banking on you doing just fine. So fingers crossed, Albion uh, Albion can get some sort of unlikely result at Old Trafford, but. Um, of course, you know, we never know. Are uh, you coming? I could be, yes, I could be. It's all dependent on a, a number of other stories going on this weekend. If, if Wolves, oh, right, yes. If, yes, yes, if Wolves yes. are likely to of get promoted, course. then I may have to be tied down into that. But if not, then um, I could be there joining you. It'd be my first time at Old Trafford, by the way. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, I've, so. never, I've never been to the Theory of Dreams before, is it? I imagine you've been there a couple of times now. Yeah, it's just a very big stadium. It, it, decent uh, press facilities? Um, yeah, they're all right. Yeah, um, I quite like it actually because it's it's a bit it's not as flashy as sometimes you go to Man City and, and, and particularly Chelsea and Arsenal, and the food is very poncy, oh, really? very fa- very uh, very flash. But um, at Man United, it's normally this sort of shepherd's pie, which is quite nice. So. Oh, decent. That's nice. Fair. That yeah. Man City, I've heard, is a bit of a trek as well. You've got to pick up your accreditation from one place and then you've got to walk about ten fifteen minutes. Oh, it's ridiculous! It's ridiculous. Don't get me started on that. It's an absolute joke. But uh, Look, it's, we're complaining about very minor things here. It's very we're very lucky to, uh, you know, definition of first world problems here, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's uh, if they could sort that out for next season, that would be uh, even better than their title win. I'd have to say. Yeah, well, unfortunately for you, it doesn't look like Albion will have to travel to City that much. Very, so. very good point. Yeah, that's that's very good point. <laughs> You'll just have to contend with uh, some other questionable press facilities down in a second. Oh, I'm sure it'll be all right. Yeah, no. So, um, as always, guys, uh, any reviews you may have, uh, we'll greatly appreciate. Any questions you have for next week, we'll uh, happily answer. But for now, good luck to the Albion at Old Trafford.